And we're back. Shellac and vinyl. The baseball show. Part it's that one. time of year. It is. So somebody told me as we were sitting down that the uh, Mariners had their first spring training game today. And then someone told me it was rained out. Oh, I, that might have been me. So, <laughs> so I told... At least we're not beginning with a loss. Not yet. <clears throat> not yet. I told you at the very the very first of our shows, number one, the, the Maiden Voyage, and we played a song by a guy named Bob Chester, a baseball song, and, and um, I said, I've got a bunch of baseball records. Someday maybe we'll have to do a baseball show. That you did. And it's... And you were right. Two years later, here we are. Yeah. Uh, we're doing a baseball show. We... What, what does everybody have to stand for before the game begins? Uh, the kids running around the bases. That's at the end of the game. No. I, just like <laughs> just like baseball game, we are going to start off with the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, the national anthem. Thank you. 
with me to the south side of Chicago. Fingers crossed for you Cause your champ's through and through So come with me To the south side of Chicago Go Sox Go Sox Go Sox Go Sox What a team If you take the good book and you take a good look, you will find the first baseball game. It says Eve stole first and Adam second. Solomon umpired the game. Rebecca went to the well with the pitcher and Ruth in the field made a name. Goliath was struck out by David. A base hit made on Abel by Cain. And the prodigal son made a great home run. Brother Noah gave checks out for rain. Old St. Pete was checking error. Also had charge of the gate. Salome sacrificed Big John the Baptist. Who wound up ahead on the plate. Delilah was pitching to Samson When he brought down the house with a clout And the angels that day made a double play That's when Adam and Eve were thrown out Nebuchadnezzar made Daniel warm up in the pen. Satan was pitching that apple. It looked as though he might fan them all. But then Joshua let go with a mighty blow, and he blasted one right at the wall. The Lord wound up and took good aim and started that very first baseball game. Surprise, I found I didn't hit none 
That's a four-bagger. Made it all the way home. Uh, first, second, third, and fourth. Fourth being home. And R&B. Yep. R&B, running the bases. Running <clears throat> and bases. Nice. <laughs> Sweet. That's one you've come up with. That's right. Woohoo! On the fly. Yeah. Oh, on the fly. That's all the sorts of baseball. This is getting guys. silly now. No. Yeah, a little bit. That's okay. So, um... Who'd we start out with? Who was playing that national anthem? Duke Ellington. Really? Duke Ellington out of uh, some 1944 concert at Carnegie Hall. It wasn't a baseball game? 43, excuse me. December 11, 1943. He had some big time... During the war. Big time jazz <clears throat> gods in the uh, the band at that time. Johnny Hodges, Harry Carney, Sonny Greer, Rex Stewart, Ray Nance... Juan Tizol, just all sorts of stars of the Ellington band, still in the band in 1943, December 11th at Carnegie Hall. And then we followed that up with Paul Mall and the Bleacher Boys. And it's a little weird to do a, a song about the Chicago White Sox right off the bat like that, but there was that play ball thing at the very beginning, which always follows the Star Swingle Banner. So that's why we've put that's why our show has integrity. Paul Mall and the Bleacher Boys doing go-go socks on the Seymour 78 level label. Seymour. I'm getting a premonition. We might hear more about the, the Chicago teams later. Maybe. Maybe. One or two of them. At least one. At least one. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Mercer did the first baseball game, another 78 on Capitol Records. And then we followed it up and concluded our dash from third to home with the intruders doing love is like a baseball game now where are the intruders from uh boy uh where are they from probably the midwest i'd expect let's see here they well i think uh doesn't say on the back but it's a philadelphia it was, it's a Philadelphia product because Gamble and Huff were the guys that produced it, and I think they even wrote that song, and that's a Philadelphia thing. So maybe mm. kind of that, that maybe, maybe New Jersey. All right. But uh, it's the intruders anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, well, let's step up for another four-bagger if we can. Okay. Here we go. This is Ted Williams. Probably the most trouble young ball players have in baseball is with their hitting. One ball, one strike, one out, one run. Jackie at the bat, here's what he done. He hit the ball with the bat, that hit the ball. You should have heard those fans all fall. Good, it's going. This time it's really gone. They do the baseball boogie when Jackie comes running home. Now the umpire hollers the same old thing. Grab Jackie's bat, he begins to swing. Cameras start to flash, joins the crowd. Batting by hands and hollering to you loud. Good, it's going. This time it's really gone. They do the baseball boogie when Jackie comes running home. Thank you. 
said she was too old to go. She lived in on the radio. Her feet got happy. She grabbed her dress. First thing she hollered, Jackie Robinson is a mess. It's going, it's going. This time it's really gone. She done the baseball boogie when Jackie comes running home. Park that day, old and the young throwing their hats away. Baby boy hollering next early in the morning. I can hear a gable blowing on his horn. It's going, it's going. This time it's really gone. He blows the baseball boogie when Jackie comes running home.
Evans ball. I told you that every time we come to the game, we got to talk about it. The next time I'm going to sit in the grandstand. Say I, hey, fellas, what's your name? Say who? Say Willie. Say hey. Say who? Swinging at the plate. Say hey. Say who? Say Willie. That giant kid is great. When he hits the ball, it's long gone man. Hits it farther than Say hey, say who? Say Willie, say hey, say 
Ray doing baseball card lover to end that four bagger. Little risque. Was it? I didn't listen to the words. <laughs> I'd recommend very few people listen to the words. Well, I heard something about Frank Howard in the shower. That and under the covers with the cards. <sighs> well, what are they doing down there with those cards? Oh, uh, please. Okay. Well, I suppose we. Let's stick to the bullpen. Ah. Uh... <laughs> Should we talk about baseball or the, the songs we just played? Well, I, as usual, par normal, we should tell them what uh, pitching substitutions you just made. You know what we could do is we could do what normally happens is we just we could start talking about what we played and it kind of branches out into like filaments. 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 Hmm. Yeah. All right. We started that off with Ted Williams saying. Something about hitting. About hitting. I this is actually a forty five that I've had forever. It was Ted, Did it improve your hitting guy? No. No. <laughs> Ted Williams was uh doing tips on how to become a better hitter. And I just thought it would be fun to start off that little episode with with Fr- Ted Williams saying the biggest problem young people have is how to hit or something to that effect. So, of course, during one of the musical interludes, we confirmed 
that was not part of the four bagger. No, no, no. That was a foul ball or something. That's right. Like fouling off the the good pitch. Yeah, it was just a, just a little bit of a fun thing to throw in there, just to kind of throw. Because who else has that little forty five? Uh, somebody, somebody. There's baseball music freaks out there. I'm sure. You know, there's uh, there's a good number of baseball songs, and I've happened. To, I've, I've been lucky to, to come up with quite a few, but there's more that I want to get. We're not going to play those. Foreshadow. <laughs> uh, we start, Maybe we'll have nine baseball shows, one for every inning. That'd be fun. And then we could have a separate show about all the different versions of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt. Well, at least you'd know the words. That's right. So we started that after Ted Williams and his little tip to hitters uh, with Brownie McGee, a blues artist from the 40s, uh, doing his his song, Baseball Boogie. And we followed that up with the Baseball Project, that group that kind of formed. I, I like to think that they formed pretty much in Seattle and then they've kind of branched out elsewhere. But since two of the four members are Seattle rock rock and rollers i like to take ownership of them were they from the young fresh fellows is that one of them was one of them one of them was from rem ah right peter buck yeah yeah and that was the day when that, rem was in seattle i mean they're really in a, a georgia band but rem but yes. peter buck did move to seattle yes he did yeah and so i think they well i think stipe did as well i, I don't know that I oh mean, I don't all right know. uh i know he's been around a lot but that was the day Doc went hunting heads, and that was an actual song. It was a song about an actual ball player named Doc Ellis, who used to be in the 70s a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And And this song wasn't necessarily about this incident, but at one time he took LSD and then pitched a no-hitter. And they alluded to that in this song. But but they did give the disclaimer at the very beginning that, that this song is not about that. Did you hear that? I did. Yeah, interesting. Because then, and then of course he's a drug counselor now. They said, <laughs> in, in on his on their first album, the Baseball Project, uh, they did the song about Doc taking LSD and throwing a no hitter. Right, I, I, I seem to recall that one. Yeah, but this is this is a good song too. Uh, then we did the Treneers doing a, a song called "Say Hey," the Willie Mays song. Willie Mays, a big baseball star from the. Now, was Willie Mays on that, actually? Yes, yes, he's actually on that, doing the talking. We have another Say one. hey. Hey, Willie. <laughs> Say hey, Willie Mays. <laughs> That's right. That was his nickname, Say Hey Kid. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he ended up his career in, I think, maybe the late 70s, maybe, maybe early 80s, but I think late 70s, he ended up playing for the New York Mets. Not well, but at that point, he's... I don't have old. a recollection of him playing in the 80s, but maybe... I don't either. Really. Then again, I was I, I spent years away from baseball. I did too. I mean, you know, during during college and law school, uh, just other things took precedence. Although during law school, I did drive up to Baltimore one time and took in a game at their old Memorial Stadium. Just that reason alone, I just drove up to Baltimore for that. Can't say I've had the experience. Only Camden Yards. Oh, that's 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 a nice. That's a nice park. And it was one of the first boutique parks, I believe. I, mean, I yeah. remember when it was built Absolutely. and they were saying this this was going to be the future. And, of course, it was because then they built boutique parks everywhere. Right. And a lot of the parks like Seattle's 
Park. T-Mobile Park. Now. It used to be <laughs> different, but now it's T-Mobile. Uh, they're all, they all kind of have that intimate feel to them. Anyway, we followed that up with Rock and Richie Ray. So we had, we've gone through the four. See, that's the whole filament thing I was talking about. Aha. Uh-huh. We, we, How we just, digress. Yeah, we just start talking about things after we get off track. I guess. Well, and that's what happens during the baseball game, you know. You're sitting there, you're in the bleachers. Yeah. You've had a couple. Maybe. The sun's beaten down. A couple and, hot dogs. And you start, you start talking about stuff. <laughs> that's right. You start uh, figuring out the ways of the world. Wow, you sound like a like a, a an uncle from New York City or something. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> nope. Been to New York once. Once. Twice now. Actually, twice. I flew out for a deposition and then flew back the same day. Not too long ago. That's a long trip. I've been to New York a few times. Have you? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess you have. You've told me about a couple. I of I enjoyed. I've enjoyed every time I've been in New York. It's been a very nice, nice experience. I don't count the deposition. Now, I don't particularly one. care for the Yankees. No, me neither. Uh, just. I will say, though, that. Okay, so I was born in 1958. Kind of in the middle of. They were still a dominant team. And they had. My very first baseball hero was Mickey Mantle. And uh, they. And starting in 1964, they had a young, really great pitcher named Mel Stottlemyre, who grew up in Washington State. Yes. Uh, from over by Yakima. And then uh, Mel Stottlemyre had His a son recently passed, right? Was, mm-hmm. a, was no, a mariner. Uh, no, no. Mel, Mel actually passed. The Mel. The Mel. All right. He had multiple myeloma, and he lived with it for a number of years. And finally, he passed away from it not maybe a month ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He... Uh, he was a coach for the Mariners. His son was a coach for the Mariners, who got fired last at the end of last year. But uh, it was Mel. Apparently, was kind of like one of the grand, the grand elders of the game. He was very well respected. Like and Frank Robinson, who we recently also lost, re- also died. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway. we were talking about the Yankees and how much you didn't like them. Except, and I was going to say, except for Mel. So I liked the Yankees until about '68, and then. The Mariners, I mean, the Pilots came into existence. Seattle Pilots, one-year yes. team. That's right. I went to one of their games. Jim Bouton. Yes, Jim Bouton. Then uh, they flew off to be the Brewers. And they became very good. But the year they were here, they were, you know, they... I do not recall the Brewers ever being very good. They were in the World Series in, like, what, 80... No. 83, 84. No. Oh, yeah, they were. Well, yeah, I think you're going to have to verify that. Well, I will. They, I had a star pitcher named Pete Vukovic. I mean, I remember Bob McAdoo in the NBA for the Milwaukee Bucks. No, that was no Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Bob McAdoo played for the Buffalo Buffalo Braves. Braves, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It was it was Kareem that yeah. went to, went to Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the time, he was known as Lou. He was Lou Alcindor at the Bucks at the beginning. At the beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we started with the Bucks before he came to the Lakers. But hey, we digress. This is not the basketball <laughs> show. That's what we do, though, right? <laughs> they come for the music and stay for the talk. Ah, that's right. Because right. we just wander. Okay, so we, at the very first show, and I kind of talked about this a little bit, we played this baseball song, and I said, you know, I got a lot of baseball records. And you remember the name of the... Jolton Joe, Jolton wasn't it? Joe by Bob Chester. And yeah. I've got another version of Jolton Joe. See, not that's another reason why I hate the Yankees, right? You know, I mean... Jolton Joe? 
Well, I believe Jolton Joe was like mid thirties through the forties. Um, he, I think his last season was fifty one. All right, and I mean they won like ten championships yeah, during really, those fifteen years. They're really good. And then they were out for maybe four years, and then they came right back with Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris and all those guys and won another like nine championships yeah. in thirteen years. But after, and it, I mean. Who likes the Patriots, right? I okay, mean, come but on. on. But after 65, they were horrible for for a long time. And they had See, some... See, I guess I just don't remember. Yeah, that. after 65, they were horrible. They they were just horrible. They had a really good hitter named Bobby Mercer in the mid-70s, who I liked a lot, but... You're right. I was away from baseball in yeah. the 70s. was yeah. not following at all. All right. Except for... Uh, uh, you know, um, Steinmeier and uh, who was that? Uh, Steinbrenner. Man- Steinbrenner. Yeah. yeah. Steinbrenner and that manager that uh, he used to go head to heads with. Billy Martin. Billy Martin. That's yeah. right. That whole that whole drama yeah, was like, captivating. Let's hire Billy again. You know, there's been another manager for a third of a season. Let's hire Billy again. There's all these guys interspersed. Dick Hauser was a manager for a while, and Bob Lemon was a manager for a while for him. Gene Michael, but Billy kept on coming back every time. Anyway, let's anyway let's play Jolton Joe by Les Brown, because we can play a song twice by different artists. That's one of the rules. Hello, Joe. What do you know? We need a hit, so here I go.
Six months. 
gold of every year. He doesn't take me anywhere. Six months out of every year when I play cards. Solitaire. The other six months out of every year, we are hardly ever seen apart. But then the Washington senators take over my place in his heart. Six months out of every year, I might as well be wearing crepe. Life is just an awful bore from which I find no escape. Baseball play 
I suppose we should um, hit the long ball. Hit the long ball. That's they hit the long ball and they got everybody in that had been the third. So we were a little Yankee centric on that that set. Of but of course, the Yankees only got us to third. We needed the long ball to bring us home. Hit, hit the long ball. That's right. That was the four happy fellas doing kind of a calypso baseball song called "Tell the Batter to Hit the Long Ball." <laughs> Clearly a Dominican term. Hit the long ball. That was a 78, uh, which fulfills our shellac requirement, although we've had other 78s this song already. I mean, this this show already. But it's, you know, always important to point out that there has been shellac. There has been shellac. Uh, we started that set with Jolton Joe DiMaggio. By, by whom? Les Brown. And it's a, But it was a female singer. Yeah, there's. Let's see who who. So it's kind of like Les Brown's band. Betty Bonnie. Betty Bonnie. Betty Bonnie. Yeah. So I bet you didn't know this, but recently we had a. Well, you did know that we had a long spell of really cold and snow, here, right? You know yes. That? Yes. I was well aware of that. <laughs> it was kind of a like a once in a two decade or three decades but it was nothing like the east and midwest no but it's seattle here you know we don't get a lot of snow anymore right um but we had quite a bit and in fact we had enough to go sledding down big steep hills in the west seattle area you actually saw a video of me doing that that's right you know what the name of the what the brand of my sled was red racer a yankee clipper yankee clipper Yes, and it is the... So Yankee Clipper was Joe DiMaggio's nickname. And that's interesting. We should play something. Okay, anyway, just something... So you're telling me that he got sled royalties. He got paid probably for endorsing this, but see, the thing about that Yankee Clipper... You saw it, right? It was... You saw me jump on it and go to the hill? I did. That was my brother's before I was born. And then when I became new to the world that became my sled that very sled i used you know all the time growing up rosebud yankee clipper (laughs) (laughs) which which kind of makes me think we ought to but who'd you play second ah so the one was in love with mickey Trace. And was Mickey on that? Yeah, cut? that was hey, Mickey. You know, oh, every, so every time the person was going Mickey, who that was actually Mickey Mantle. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of kind of sounded like adult, didn't it? Yeah. Well, it, I was. It, what struck me is how strange it would be to have all this fawning. Um. Yeah. You know, like who's uh-huh. like I, I'm trying to think like who's writing songs today about baseball players or about you know. Anyway. Well, I, you know, I guess maybe it's not quite the national pastime it was in the 50s. No, not at all. Well, we were talking about this, how TV changed everything. And, of course, baseball is not a very TV-friendly game um, because there's just a lot of downtime. Yeah. Um, that's why it's best to just be sitting in the stands, in the sunshine, kicking back, solving right. the problems of the world. Social media has changed it, you know, that, that there's so many... Th- things now for people to do and that baseball that was a, th- a thing to do that was a community event you know every small communities across the united states had their own teams have yeah. you ever 
read the any of the books by the guy who wrote Shoeless Joe? I have not. Let's see. There's that runs through that runs through the those books. I uh, Feel of Dreams I think was based on one of those books. Shoeless Joe I think is what the one. I think was the called. only baseball book I've read is by Michael Chabon, the one set here in the Northwest, because right. he used to live on Vashon just down the beach from me. He what book was that? I want to say like Wonderland or something like. No, it wasn't Wonderland. Um, it was a very uh, fairy tale type book. Uh-huh. Um, I'll you know have to have to look it up for another show. Sure. Yeah. I, and that in your life, that's the only baseball book you've ever read. Yeah. Oh my I'm god. Just, I'm just not a baseball guy, really. As you can see, just by looking around this room, there's probably fifty books about baseball just in this room. Well, and that's why you're putting on the discs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was as I said, there were years where I had stepped away from baseball. Uh, yeah. I mean, when I was a was a uh, early teen, I, I used to complain. I mean, you know, that was during my, you know, heavy metal type, you know, rebellious period, and I just thought baseball was just like the stupidest game. And who, who could waste all that time, you know, uh, uh, memorizing all those stats and everything? I just I just thought it was so ridiculous. Well, that'd be me. <laughs> well, but I played. So too. then I matured and I, realized, like, hey, there is a place for this. Just like I matured and now listen to all kinds of music yeah. that I thought was stupid back then. I, I, for me, with respect to music, there, a lot of it was just because I hadn't been properly introduced to it. You know, where I grew up, we didn't have a lot of variation, and you know, there was like one kind of music pe- people listened to. And I'm sure other people listen to other music, but that wasn't the group of people that I was with. And and similar to baseball, I think baseball was just part of growing up for us. You know, I mean, we spent hours, me and my my the neighborhood kids, we spent hours at the ballpark. I mean, we'd jump the fence at the fancy ballpark and play until they chased us out. It was, it was, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it was it was it was fun, and and I've read sounds idyllic. It it, it kind of was. Um, you know, we'd get the paper out done, and then before and after the paper out, we'd be playing baseball. Uh, I've read hundreds of baseball books. Hundreds. I mean, literally. And you're the better for it. No doubt. I can read words. I know what, <laughs> how to pick out the word baseball. Uh-huh. Okay, so I wasn't going to play this. and it's just Oh, please don't go back. Go back. Oh, it's, it's you're all right. So, uh, no, 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 you were... You had mentioned something just... Uh, few moments ago before we uh, during the musical interlude about a, a song that was frankly overexposed no, no, and you gonna were going to play it and then you said like I'm not going to play it <laughs> I said no, like no, good gonna, good yeah, no, don't no. play that so we're not talking that song okay that'd be the talking baseball song <laughs> I'm not talking about we're talking baseball yeah, yeah. we're not playing no. talking so baseball let me just finish up that yes. telling people what we played because maybe they might want to know oh that's right there was that second Mickey Mantle song <laughs> Jesus. by whom this that was uh, Teresa Brewer. Teresa Brewer. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, you know, this is part of the film as we get off on a track when we it's just, it's just like start and we go. Yeah. And then, that must have been early 60s? I'd say late 50s. Late 50s, okay. Maybe mid 50s. Probably following his big year in 1956 when he won the Triple Crown. Mm. He had 56 home runs and he hit like 346, maybe 351. I don't know. He hit a lot. He hit a lot. Uh, and then we followed that one up something with... Something from Damn Yankees, right? Something from Damn Yankees. Six months, something rather. The Overture, six months out of every year. And 
you've seen at least a Playhouse TV version of Damn Yankees, right? I have not. Oh. I've seen pieces. I've okay. seen a lot of different pieces, you, you know but the, I've never actually seen the whole thing. You know the premise, right? A I do. A guy sells his soul. A, right. a guy who is a Washington Senators fan. That, that's the... They're called the Nationals now, but before they were the Senators. Senators yeah. uh, he sells his soul to the devil so he can... So the Senators can beat the Yankees. Uh, here you go. You'll you'll know right off the top of your head, uh, head but uh, there was a very stellar Washington Senators pitcher um, in the 50s, wasn't Ca- it? Camille Pasquale? No. Was it like Walter? Walter Johnson? Wa- Walter Johnson? Yeah, that was in like the 20s. The tw- <laughs> that's then close. that's not who I'm thinking of. That's close. Not who I'm thinking of. There was some dominant Washington Senators pitcher, but I... With my sketchy, sketchy knowledge of baseball, okay, well, it was probably, I'm thinking that it was like the only good player they had. It, was, so it, was it like, had to have been Walter Johnson, and he, right. he played for the Senators. He was in the 20s, and he was incredible. And then okay. Camille, Camille, Camillo, I mean, he was Cuban, so C-A-M-I-L-O, Camillo, is that how you do it? If it's one L, it should be an L, but if it's Cam- two L's, it's a Y. Camillo. Okay, then Camillo Pasquale. And he was from Cuba. He was a pretty good pitcher for the Senators in the 50s, late 50s. Uh, anyway, overture. We finished with six months out of every year, and I just wanted to point something out that the that the people in that were singing that were the the the, the protagonist's wife and and um, Robert Schaefer. Oh, the the guy the guy that sold his soul to the, to the devil. And and then there was like a chorus, and mm-hmm. one of the people in the chorus was Gene Stapleton, who was Maureen Stapleton's sister, and Maureen, Maureen Stapleton, Stapleton was, was all in the family. Edith Bunker, right? Yeah. Okay, so then we, <laughs> did Archie Bunker, big baseball fan or something? What was the? How does that tie in? It's just somebody famous. Just, okay. Yeah, and then we finished, just a rabbit hole. Then we finished that off exactly with four, four happy fellas. And, and and so I wasn't going to play this, but we've got right, on with the calypso. Little, yeah, the calypso baseball, the long ball, crazy. Now, and this is like I, I wasn't going to play this for the third time. I wasn't going to play this fourth, but you know we've been talking about how times have changed and how pervasive baseball was as part of the national collective uh, belief. You know, with, you know the the collective thought. Um, baseball was what was happening. You know, and and. These these ball players were iconic, and they weren't just sports heroes; they were popular social heroes, you know. So now <clears throat> let's go back to the Yankees again. They would make songs, not just songs where they used words, but they would use they would. I mean, jazz artists would would create songs that had a baseball concept. I'm gonna play one back to the Yankees, Charlie Ventura. Uh, a tenor sax whiz. Um, he did a song called "Yankee Clipper" as well. So let's play it. All right. It's no words, but it's 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 a baseball song without any words. So it's not really a baseball song, but it really is because it's 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 in the title. Yeah, there we it's are. in the theme. Yeah. Sadly said, I'll never make the big league game. When the old man heard a small boy moan, he asked him if he'd ever known the 
the story of a man who came through pain to fame. Remember Joe, Joe DiMaggio, when impatience makes you wanna quit your game. Oh, the world had thought he might be through, he's back again and hidden too. Oh, the Yankee Clippers flying once again. Free 
for both fine teams and the great American game. three-bagger because we've realized that we have been chatting so much about stuff that our hour is gone. It flew by so fast. Must be that new pitching clock. Must be. I, I, we should have people forget that I ever said anything about that. Oh, you pulled the double switch, I saw. <laughs> I, I'd forgotten that there was, in fact, words to the Yankee Clipper song. <laughs> 
it turned out to be not only titled about baseball, they actually sang about it. Yeah, it was a good song. I'm glad we played it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of turned into the Yankee show, hasn't it? It has. Now, all right. Uh, you know what this might mean? That, that we have gotten so wrapped up in talking about baseball that we've got plenty more baseball records that we might have to just do a whole other show about baseball. Oh, I think it's a certainty. Oh, okay. Well, there we are. Well, then we should probably think about wrapping this one up. Uh, typically, at the end of the seventh inning, or the midway point through the seventh inning, uh, here in Seattle and elsewhere, there's one song that is played at every game, and it's not Louie Louie. That's only in Seattle. Sweet Caroline. Uh, that's in Boston. <laughs> I have that one. We should play that. No, we're not going to play that one. No, of course, take me out to the ball game. The, you know, the happiest song in the world, um, and I've got a great version of it. I I made a trade here not too long ago to get a very early version of the song. I traded two, pretty nice Mexican records to get this, and uh, this this is. Um, I suppose we should say what we played, huh? Yeah, the the after uh, the jazz. Okay, we started that off with Charlie Ventura doing Yankee Clipper, and then we went to a song. Well, it was a song called The Pine Tarred Bat, which was the ballad of George, George Brett, Brett by a guy named Dave McInerney, who went, who goes by Red River Dave. And it was a song about an incident that occurred in a baseball game between George Brett's team, the Kansas City Royals, and who else but? The Yankees. It just seems to be that way. So is it true that the commissioner stepped in and granted Brett the home run, or was it just a statistical home run? I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. I don't remember that. And then we finished off with a a uh, song called Ball Playing Blues by an old blues music- musician called Tommy Griffin. And that we that was off of a, uh, a compilation LP that I acquired that has that song. And I got it just for that song. And... Uh, it's it's coincidental, but I, I had a shot at, at getting that 78 within the last, uh, let's say, a week or so. I had a shot at it. Uh, Were you outbid? I, I stepped back after bidding well over two times what I'd ever paid for a record before. and uh, Good for you. Yeah, I stepped back, but it was a lot of money. You Discretion. Know? Yeah. If you got it on LP, you don't need it on 78. Until next time it shows up. <laughs> well, and you just talked it up. It's now worth a lot more. Maybe. Maybe. I'm, but I'm not going to say what label it was on. But anyway, that was that's a cool song. It'd be nice to have the original, but it's at least I have a, a, I have it on a Tommy Griffin comp album. Uh, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. We're going to have two more songs. We're not going to talk again. So we might as well just say our goodbyes and, and tell people that they are to enjoy the baseball season, but we're going to see them again. Before, well, they're not going to see them, actually. It's a figure of speech. We'll, we'll talk at them before the baseball season's over, clearly, many times. But uh, enjoy... Yeah, sometime during this season, we will reprise and play more baseball music. That's very likely. Very likely. We might have to do a second show. Could could be three, four, five baseball yeah, shows. Depends on how much Knowing we, your collection. Depending on how long we talk. Too. That's right. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's wrap it up. We're gonna do "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" to begin, and then uh, a very famous poem will take us out. Okay. So see you later. Thanks, Thanks for tuning for in. 
We've had a good time talking about baseball and listening to baseball. So we'll see you next time.
and recoils upon the flat for Casey. Mighty Casey was advancing to the back. There was pride in Casey's bearing as he stepped into his place. There was ease in Casey's manner and a smile on Casey's face. And when responding to the cheers, he lightly dropped his hat. No stranger in the crowd could doubt. Towards the Casey at the best. Ten thousand eyes were on him as he rubbed his hands with dirt. Ten thousand hands applauded as he wiped them on his shirt. And when the writhing pitcher ground the ball into his hip, defiantly then Casey's eye, a sneer curled Casey's lip. And now the leather-covered spear came hurtling through the air, and Casey stood watching it in laughter. Dave Granger there, close by the sturdy batsman, the ball unheeded sped. That ain't my style, said Casey. The right one, the umpire said. Then from the benches, black with people, went up a muffled roar, like the beaten storm waves on a stern and distant shore. Kill him! Kill the umpire! Someone on the stand, and it's likely they'd have killed him had not Casey raised his hand with a smile of Christian charity. Great Casey's visage shone. He still the rising tumult. He bade the game go on. He signaled to the pitcher once more the steroid flew, but Casey still ignored it, and the umpire said. And echo arms of fraud. But one scornful look from Casey, and the multitude was awed. They saw his face grow stern and cold. They saw his muffled strain. And they knew that Casey wouldn't let that ball go by again. The smile is gone. From Casey's face, his teeth are clenched in hate. He pounds with cruel violence, his back upon the plate. And now the pitcher holds the ball, and now he lets it go. And now the air is shattered by the force of Casey's blow. Oh, somewhere in this favored land, the sun is shining bright. Somewhere bands are playing. Somewhere hearts are light, somewhere men are laughing, and somewhere children shout. <laughs> but there is no joy in Mudville. Mighty Casey has struck out. <laughs>